Good morning from the newsroom of the Financial Times. Today is Thursday, September 26th, and this is your FT News Briefing. First, Lauren Fedor explains all that's been going on between the White House, Ukraine, and a whistleblower complaint. Then, George Parker unpacks the UK Parliament's first day back after the Supreme Court overturned the Prime Minister's prorogation. Plus, fitness equipment startup Peloton has priced its shares at the top of the range ahead of its market debut. And the European Central Bank's German board member calls it quits over loose monetary policy. I'm Mark Filipino, and here's the news you need to start your day. Ukraine President Vladimir Zelensky and Donald Trump met yesterday, as scrutiny mounted over a phone call the two had this summer. I don't want to be involved in democratic, open, liberty elections, elections of USA. No, you heard that we had, I think, good uh, phone call. It was normal. We spoke about many things, and I, I think, and you read it, that nobody pushed it. That was Mr. Zelensky at their meeting. Back in July, Mr. Trump asked the Ukraine president to investigate former U.S. Vice President Joe Biden. And the White House released a memo yesterday detailing the conversation. House Democrats opened an impeachment inquiry into the president's actions on Tuesday. The FT's Lauren Fedor has more on the whistleblower complaint that triggered the inquiry. It was released to Congress late on Wednesday. The whole saga actually kicked off less than two weeks ago when Congressman Adam Schiff, he's a Democrat, he's the chairman of the House Intelligence Committee, he came out and said that he had been made aware that there was a whistleblower complaint from the U.S. intelligence community about the president's conduct that had been withheld from Congress. That would have been an unprecedented move. It's actually illegal. There's an obligation for that kind of material to be turned over. Adam Schiff raised those alarm bells and then has consistently, in concert with other Democrats, been putting pressure on the White House to release that complaint. And then on Wednesday, after the transcript had been released to the wider public, the whistleblower complaint was shared with Mr. Schiff's committee as well as the Senate Intelligence Committee. Now, the full nature of the complaint has still not been published. It's our understanding that it relates to the phone call in question that Mr. Trump had with his Ukrainian counterpart. After the relevant lawmakers took a look at it on Wednesday evening, Mr. Schiff came out and he thanked the whistleblower. I think that what this courageous individual has done has exposed serious wrongdoing. And really kind of laid in to the Department of Justice and other members of the Trump administration for withholding it up until this point. Now, today, the whistleblower complaint is likely to be front and center at a hearing of the House Intelligence Committee. The acting director of national intelligence, someone named Joseph McGuire, is going to be testifying before that committee. This is of major interest because he's the individual who was behind the decision not to initially share the complaint with Congress. And he also had been reticent to testify before the committee, but has since given in. UK Parliament was back on Wednesday. A day earlier, the Supreme Court ruled that Prime Minister Boris Johnson did not have a good reason to prorogue or suspend Parliament for five weeks. And it was a day of bitter debate among MPs in the House of Commons yesterday, over the court's ruling and, again, over whether an election should be held. The FT's political editor, George Parker, has more. Despite the fact 
that I followed the exact same process as my predecessors in calling a Queen's speech. The Supreme Court was asked to intervene in this process. Boris Johnson decided to come out fighting. He showed no sign of contrition about his decision to suspend Parliament and effectively to involve the Queen in the so-called prorogation of Parliament. And it is absolutely no disrespect to the judiciary to say I think the court was wrong to pronounce on what is... He basically went on the attack, accusing MPs of being scared of a general election and running to the courts instead, and then using extremely provocative language, which really is a prelude, I think, to the general election that Boris Johnson intends to fight in the next few weeks or possibly months. Very much a people versus the establishment election. The truth is not just that this parliament is gridlocked, paralysed and refusing to deliver. It's worse than that, Mr Speaker. Out of sheer selfishness and political cowardice... Aside and give the people a say. Boris Johnson positioning himself on the side of the 52% of British people who voted for Leave against what he regards as a Remainer establishment. That kind of divisive election campaign, which I think we can see coming into view, was really reflected in the tone of what's just been happening here on Wednesday in the House of Commons. Very ugly debates at times. Twice they have been asked to let the electorate decide upon whether they should continue to sit in their seats while they block 17.4 million people's votes. The truth. And for a man like him, a party like this, and a leader like this, this Prime Minister, to talk about morals and morality is a disgrace. There's no sign of opposition MPs agreeing to the general election that Mr Johnson wants until the Prime Minister has gone to Brussels to seek a delay to Brexit of at least three months. And at the same time, Mr Johnson is refusing to go to Brussels to seek that extension. So Parliament's deadlocked. It's been recalled because of that Supreme Court judgment. And the mood is terrible. And I think it's certainly true this Parliament does need to be brought to an end as soon as possible. But I think it could be some weeks to come. Peloton is set to make its Nasdaq debut today. This is the company that sells $2,200 exercise bikes and $4,000 treadmills. They come equipped with screens that play live workouts for a monthly fee. The loss-making startup will seek a valuation of $8.2 billion when its shares start trading. Its priced shares at $29 apiece, which is at the top of a range it announced earlier this month. That pricing nearly doubles the valuation the company struck in its last private round of fundraising last year. But it will test investor stamina. Peloton's IPO comes after several highly anticipated listings have disappointed this year, including Uber and Lyft. And Germany's representative at the European Central Bank has quit. Sabine Lautenschlager joined the ECB's executive board in 2014 on an eight-year term. But yesterday, she cut that term short following the board's recent decision to loosen monetary policy. Ms. Lautenschlager was the only woman on the ECB's 25-person governing council. She was also one of the leading hawks on the council and spoke up against the ECB restarting its bond-buying scheme. Her departure points to deep divisions at the bank, and it begs the question, 
who will replace her, as the central bank's low interest rate policies are drawing criticism within Germany. And it comes just weeks before outgoing President Mario Draghi hands over the keys to former IMF head Christine Lagarde, who takes over on November 1st. You can read more on all of these stories at FT.com. This has been your daily FT News Briefing. Make sure you check back tomorrow for the latest business news. 